It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. But I think that every guy is on his own path right now, and we need to we need to um, bring everybody together to start to define roles, to understand who who everyone's going to be, but also to let guys know that last year is over. Right now, it's about next season and our future. And I can tell you that the sentiment amongst all of our players is is extremely optimistic and um, eager to kind of get into the summer. You are locked on magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 20th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosswijk. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll hear from Jeff Weltman, just as you did on the top of the show as he assesses where the Magic are at and why he is optimistic about the team's future. We'll go over some of that. Plus, talk a little bit about what the Magic can learn from the Charlotte Hornets. We'll be doing that for every team as they get eliminated from the playoffs. I'll do the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow and possibly one other team. But we'll talk a little bit about what's going on around the NBA as well as the playoffs begin to pick up. Before you do any of that, though, I do want to remind you as well, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like there's podcasts here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on tonight's game between the Indiana Pacers and the Washington Wizards. Check out our pals at Locked On Pacers and Locked On Wizards. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Obviously, Jeff Weltman did not do what he did at the trade deadline if he did not believe it was in the best interest of the Magic. Um, You know, the the conversations that I've had with everyone, from other reporters, from fans, to to, to people that that I know who have, have contacts inside the league, everyone seems to agree that this was the right choice and the right move for the Magic. Um... There, uh, there have been a lot of calls for the Magic to kind of blow things up and restart. And frankly, to me, this is very much what Jeff Weltman wanted to do or was probably coming in planning to do two years ago. Um, and I think I mentioned this during the trade deadline. I know I've mentioned this to several people. I do think the Magic were victims of their own success. They hired the right coach in Steve Clifford, and we'll talk more about him and where he fits into the bigger picture of things. Um, either on Friday's, ep- either on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic or early next week because I have plenty to say and plenty to think about when it comes to, to Steve Clifford and I've been in trem- and, and un- unending discussions with a lot of fans who uh, want to move on from Clifford and I just don't get it, to be frank. Um, but we'll get to that on another day. He hired the right coach in Steve Clifford who built 
who was able to build the foundations to help this team take that step up to, 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 to become a better version of itself. And Jeff Weltman isn't such a slave to his process or to his plan that he wasn't going to ride that out and see what happened. So in some respects, yes, this is something the Magic probably should have and could have done two years ago when Nikola Vucevic was a free agent, but they opted to see what see where this went. It was working. Um, they didn't have the deals they wanted. They, they believed that they were about to make a push, and that gamble paid off. If the Magic didn't make the playoffs in 2019, lost Nikola Vucevic for nothing, or re-signed him without that playoff and without that all-star bid, for sure, Jeff Weltman would be on thin ice as he enters the final year of his contract. Now we're sitting here thinking, yes, Jeff Weltman's going to get an extension. Yes, Steve Clifford's probably going to get an extension. But this was inevitable. We knew that this team had a ceiling. I mean, we had podcasts here discussing how the Magic needed Aaron Gordon to develop into a star so they could flip him into something else. And Aaron Gordon was the key to everything, and it just never happened. Now, I'll sit here and say, when the Magic did what they did at the trade deadline, I was skeptical. Um, I, I understand I understand the logic. I'm not disputing the logic. I was skeptical on the ground that you shouldn't give up something that you know is working or, or, or you know, completely tear everything down unless you are certain you can build it back up. And yes, six years in the lottery without really winning it, without w- winning it once to get Victor Oladipo in a really, in a really bad draft or a draft that was bad at the top. Um, with the evaluations that were there at the time. Obviously, Giannis and Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic turned into very good players. Um, my, my discomfort was a lot of this plan relied on the lottery. But I, I, I said this too, and I said this throughout, I only would trade Nikola Vucevic if I knew I was getting a really good return. And I pinned it to a star because I thought the Magic's desire to win and be competitive outweighed everything else. I'm going to sit here, I'll sit here and say that the two first round picks the Magic are getting from the Bulls, especially with how the Bulls finished this season, that's a good return for Nikola Vucevic. The Magic did a really good job in the Nikola Vucevic trade, and obviously they decided that the gamble of the Bulls not winning the lottery is worth it. The Magic essentially have a four and five chance of getting that pick. They have a coin flip chance of getting a top four pick. They have a four and five chance of getting Chicago's pick. The Magic were very comfortable with those odds. And so after a season that was so terrible by, by almost any measure, 21-51, and 51, 14th in the Eastern Conference, third, rec- third worst record in the NBA, after a season that was just terrible to live through because of all the injuries and just emotionally draining, there is a lot of optimism surrounding the Orlando Magic. And it starts with the man at the top, who obviously is trying to sell this new vision, this new way. But Jeff Weltman legitimately believes. Look, those trades are hard to make, man. And I know that like, you know, fans get attached to players and, and we've had a modicum of success. I wouldn't say we've been successful, but you know, we, we were a playoff team and you make these trades and you completely change you know, the identity of your roster and your timeline and your, your issues and, and all these things kind of like evolve. Personally, I mean, I, I can say that in, the time, in my time here, I've never been more excited about the prospects for our team. Um, 
you know, obviously, I think we've raised the ceiling considerably. Um, we've given ourselves a chance. You know, I don't like to ever really discuss lottery odds and that sort of stuff because those are, I always say, you know, those aren't calculated risks. Those are just risks. And, and we'll just see where, the, where, where that shakes out. But I know this, like we have a chance to add one or maybe even two quality players this year um, through the draft. And, you know, believe wholeheartedly in all of our young players. And, and um, you know, so, so I'm really bullish on our future. I, I really believe that it's a great time to be a Magic fan. I, I always believe that there's never a more fun time to be a fan than to get on the bandwagon when it's just starting to take off, you know. And uh, I, I don't apply timelines. I don't know, um, you know, what, what one person's development is going to look like juxtaposed next to another but I just believe that we have a lot of talent on this team and a lot of character and a lot of guys that want to win. And we have a lot of ways to add more of those guys. Undoubtedly, what we talked about Wednesday with Jeff Weltman uh, when he was available to the media for the final time this season was all about this future. Because, uh, frankly, everyone wants to forget about the season. In fact, Weltman said when they gathered together you know, during exit interviews, his directive to everyone, and that includes Steve Clifford, who said he's going to take a few days off, his directive to everyone was get out. Get out of the building, get away from the team, decompress, reset the battery before you get to work. In fact, the Advent uh, Health Practice Facility uh, is currently having its court revarnished. So literally no one can be in the practice facility right now because of the fumes and, and, and all that. Um, it is, this was a trying season. Um, and, and unless we talk about what happened this season, the better. But there are still things to draw from, and there's still things to learn, and still things that matter. And of course, Steve Clifford will do his study and really pin down what worked and what didn't um, as he tries to reshape this 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 roster and this franchise, assuming that he will be back as the head coach. I, I don't expect a lame duck season for Steve Clifford, so he'll either get an extension or they'll part ways. But clearly, what matters now is the future. That's what the Magic signaled when they did the steal. That's where that's what the Magic are pinning a lot of their hopes on. They've got Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz coming back from injury at some point next season. They've got a, a, at least a top 10 draft pick, potentially two, a 50% chance of landing in the top four. They've got promising rookies in Cole Anthony and Chumo Kiki and uh, RJ Hampton, who all played fantastic uh, considering their, their rookie experience and the, and the struggles of the season without a summer league and a full training camp. Wendell Carter showed a ton of... Uh, ton of potential as well as another young player that can really serve this team. And yeah, I mean, even Mobamba showed some flashes of, of what he can be when he's given consistent playing time. There is a lot to be excited about um, as far as young talent. And, and, and that word potential just gets thrown around a lot, but there's potential here. These are all very talented players who have shown they can play on an NBA court. It's just about how much better do they get? And how does the how do the magic create an infrastructure and an environment around them that supports and nurtures that growth? That's the real question now. That's the real work that is going to be undertake that is going to be underway. Um, that's going to be what determines whether this project is successful. Because the last redevelopment project under Rob Hennigan, the Magic had plenty of talent on those teams. Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris. Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, all really good young players. But it never coalesced, it never developed together. And, and Victor Oladipo said, you know, said that, you know, in Orlando it felt like, uh, he did a podcast when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, with Adrian Wojnarowski, I believe, he said, 
uh, it, it, it never really developed in Orlando because everyone was trying to fight for their turn. Roles were never really clearly defined and no one really picked up their pieces. Um, and nobody really was able to kind of get the consistency that they needed. Orlando is definitely walking down that dangerous path where they're very, very young. And that's why I think veterans like James Ennis and Terrence Ross and Gary Harris um, and probably even one more veteran that they're going to sign in free agency this summer are going to be vital to this team's success just to fill in those gaps and kind of say, hey, if you want to win, if winning is what you're about, this is what you have to do. The Magic are not shying away that winning is their goal. Um, you know, They don't want to be back in the lottery next year. They want to start building back up toward the playoffs. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what the Magic can learn from teams that are now eliminated from the playoffs because um, I think those teams that are where the Magic want to be, whether it be the playing tournament or beyond, are going to teach this team a lot about how they want to grow and develop. And there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle that still need to be resolved. But what really matters now, as the Magic begin this beginning stage, is the attitude that they bring to their work. Are they going to put that time in during the summer to get better? You know, There's no doubt in my mind that the Magic grab guys that want to get better, that want to do the work. That is, that is part of what they're looking for. And when they get together... Are they going to be able to put the pieces together and learn how to win all over again? What you really want to see from young guys is that they really want to learn how to win. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to. You know, uh, uh, talk about like how many points they scored. They want to. They want to understand like why what they did that night fell short of winning. If that was the case, you know. And so um, I think these guys are hungry for that. That's why I always refer back to the character and, and the work ethic and. You know, when you couple that with, like, the talent and you say, like, well, look, we, we have one, maybe two picks this year. If we don't have two this year, we'll have two next year and year after, you know. And, um, you know, I don't know what all that's going to mean, what it's going to look like. And I know, uh, uh, you know, here we go into a, a rebuild mode again, but I'm very optimistic about this. And I feel like we have more talent on this roster than we've had since I've been here and the way the means to add even more. And, um, you know, it's up to us now to... Um, set up our infrastructure in a way that's best suited to developing these young guys and getting them where we need to get them. Undoubtedly, part of that optimism is what's not on the roster already. It's the draft picks, obviously. The Magic have uh, are in line to be a top, have a top four pick at, at, on a coin flip, essentially. But it's also the flexibility that the Magic have gained. They've got movable contracts. They've got a clear cap sheet. Um, we'll go into a little bit more on the details of the Magic's current cap situation. Uh, probably... Next week at some point, um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll break that all down. Um, but it's good. Not this summer, but next summer, it's good. Uh, and the Magic have assets at their disposal. The Chicago pick, the Denver pick, that they can use to go out and get someone. But just like before, just like with the previous team, it all starts with what happens on the court this year. If you want to go make the big trade to go get the free agent, you want to convince the free agent to come to Orlando. You got to play. You got to make. You got to prove that it's worth it. Worth investing in this group on the floor. Guys have to get better. Guys have to compete. And by all accounts, players have the right attitudes. Jeff Feltman repeatedly during this press conference pointed back to the time immediately after the trade deadline, that West Coast road trip where the Magic went 2-3. and three. A close loss to the Los Angeles Lakers and essentially their first game together. A come-from-behind win over the LA Clippers. A really, a, a really good win 
in overtime over the New Orleans Pelicans. A, clo- uh, a, a bad loss to the Utah Jazz, no doubt about that. And then a really close, spirited loss on a back-to-back to the Denver Nuggets. At full strength, and without really knowing how to play together, this team showed tremendous effort. They showed hints of who they can be with the way that they defended, the way they got out in transition, the way they forced turnovers. We said at the time, and I know I wrote this, energy is really half the battle. And the Magic played with so much energy and, and defiance that you know there, there are people that were scared that they would ruin the tank. But the Magic, to some extent, believed that, hey, maybe we can still make a run at this thing. The playing tournament obviously doing its job to keep the Magic within striking distance of the playoffs. That all fell apart with injury. Terrence Ross, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams all played fewer than 10 games after that road trip. And James Ennis was in and out of the lineup. It was the magic. Eventually, teams caught, got tape and caught up to them. Undoubtedly, too, Orlando's going to have to change the way it plays. A lot of the plays the Magic were running were designed with Nikola Vucevic in mind. And as good as Wendell Carter is, he is not Nikola Vucevic. So Magic are going to have to change some of the things that they do. And especially with all the guards they have, they should. They should be a more dribble-drive type team with the, guard, with the kind of guard play that they have. But in that sense, this is exciting. It's a blank slate. It's a clean slate. It's a new team with a lot of talent that has shown a lot of promise that even still has come up with some big moments. There's a lot of unknown out there. But the Magic, at least, believe that this team has the right makeup and the right assets to climb back up again. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I don't ever want to you know, feel like I'm trying to sell you guys something, you know? But I believe this is the most exciting time to be an Orlando Magic fan, and I'm the most excited since I've been here. And for all the reasons that I've probably said you know, already a couple times, I... I think we have a lot of talented young players who are, you know, I mean, you think about some of, I think about some of our older guys, you know, Markel, Jonathan, you know, Wendell, you know, Mo, those guys are like 23 or 22, you know, and then like RJ's 20, Cole just turned 21, and, um, you know, Chuma's 22, and it's like, these guys are, are, are just starting, you know, but like, they're starting with talent. You know, they're starting with, like, a great affinity for one another, and, and they, they understand, like, role orientation. They, they want to learn how to win. And I think even, like, in the short time post-trade. And obviously, obviously, we'll have to wait to get those answers. There's plenty of optimism. There's always optimism when a team restarts. They believe that their plan will work, that things will work out. And the Magic will have to navigate plenty of challenges along the way. But it all has to start with that draft lottery. That's the big piece. And, and, and I know some people think that the Magic, I mean, certainly the Magic can operate and they can win without it. But for me, a lot of the eggs are in that basket. Maybe not all of them. But the path becomes a lot easier if, he, if the lottery turns their way. It becomes a lot more difficult if it doesn't. And we'll have a month to, to wring our hands and be worried about that. We're going to come back here and talk a little bit about the play-in tournament, what we might learn from the Charlotte Hornets, as well as talk a little bit about that crazy game 
Wednesday night between the Lakers and the Warriors. Lived up to the billing. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. With the summer heat coming here in Florida, you got to be able to take care of your car to get where you need to go. Whether you're going on a road trip or just going to work, the heat can destroy your car. So if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, rockauto.com is a place to go to get everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So something something I want to do um, throughout the course of the playoffs is to examine what the Magic as a rebuilding team, as a team very much in its infancy, maybe not at, at, at birth because, you know, there's a lot of young talent already on the roster, but a team that's, that's very much starting to build back up, what they can learn about the direction the league is going, about what's successful and what things to avoid to kind of avoid the treadmill of mediocrity uh, from each team that gets eliminated from the playoffs. Um, no doubt, you know, uh, these early teams especially are where the Magic want to be, but only as a way station. Um, you know, they want to learn more from the teams on the way up rather than on the way down. Um, but each team that's fighting in the playoffs, it's fighting for their, their survival right now, and in these pressure elimination games, are going to teach the Magic something. Or there should be some lesson that we can draw out of it. Um, I've still got some research to do on the San Antonio Spurs, so we'll, we'll address them on tomorrow's episode of Locked Up Magic. But I want to start with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know that I have a weird affinity for what the Charlotte Hornets have done over the last six or seven years. Um, especially you know when the Magic were down at the bottom. I really admired what Charlotte was doing. Um, in that they were always competitive, they were always difficult to play. I mean, when the Magic hired Steve Clifford, I really thought that that was the perfect hire because of what he was able to do in Charlotte. 
They were never able to get the second superstar. They were never able to like get all the pieces to align right to get over the top. And that's something certainly that we've discussed plenty about Steve Clifford. But as a foundation, they always had um, at least enough to be competitive and enough to stay in the playoff conversation. And, you know, for a team that was struggling to scratch out 30 wins, that sounded kind of nice. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Charlotte Hornets are a perfect model for the Orlando Magic. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Charlotte Hornets are what the Orlando Magic should be because I don't believe that. I, I agree. The Magic should aspire to be more, need to be more, should be and will be more. But there's still a lot that the Hornets can teach us because, you know, James Borrego is not from the Riley coaching tree like Clifford is, but his philosophy and what he's had the Hornets do isn't so different from what Clifford was having the Hornets do. They still play hard. They're still super competitive. They still do all the little things necessary to win, and that's even with a, a, a weird roster or with a roster that still lacks maybe high-end high talent. The way the Hornets were constructed is certainly a lesson in and of itself. They put their money in free agency to top out at the middle. And that's not where the Magic want to be. The Hornets had been out of the playoff picture for, for a pretty long time. They, I think there's a desire to win. They went for it. They signed Terry Rozier to a big deal. They went and grabbed Gordon Hayward this offseason. Even after winning the lottery and jumping up to the third spot and getting LaMelo Ball. More than anything else, though, those two things in concert, the big free agent signing of veterans of two veterans that know how to play and a rookie that began to transform the team, a potential rookie of the year candidate, that's what got the Hornets into their playoff position. Now, are the Hornets destined to be championship contenders? I, I wouldn't bet on that. They certainly backed themselves into a hole. And it's no offense to Charlotte fans or Hornet or our pals at Locked On Hornets. Um, you know, I, I I think that they made they made a gamble that getting it that that kind of growing from the middle like the Magic were before is their way forward. And certainly now with a high end rookie in Lamelo Ball, there's something to begin percolating, and they can figure out how to maneuver and, and, and go from there. Even with Gordon Hayward's big contract, even with Terry Rozier's big contract, and obviously they've got a big decision coming up with Devontae Graham. I think also the Magic will be studying a little bit of the Hornets this summer because of what they were able to do with their three-point guards. The Magic have a lot of ball handlers right now. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Michael Carter-Williams, plus the potential of adding another ball handler in this draft. If the Magic win the lottery, they're taking Cade Cunningham, and Cade is a point guard. But that's not what I want to draw from the Charlotte Hornets today. All All these points are salient, Again, there's a lot of there's a lot of traps to fall into, and the Hornets did a really good job putting all their ball handlers on the floor. And I think that Magic should really study how they used all of them and made sure that there were multiple ball handlers on the floor. Um, it's something Steve Clifford has been more than willing to do. But that's not what I want to draw out of the Charlotte Hornets today. I know I'm five minutes into this segment already. The reason why the Charlotte Hornets went from a team on the outside to a team that was pretty much on the inside was because of their clutch play. The Charlotte Hornets were one of the best clutch teams in the league this year. And their journey into the playoffs and out of the play-in tournament is both a warning 
and sort of a, a, a reason why clutch play matters. If y'all listened to me on this podcast before, and we've talked about clutch play, I don't put any extra emphasis on clutch play. I think the first two minutes of a game are just as important as the last two minutes. The only difference is the deadline, is time running out, is the pressure that comes with it. However, in the playoffs, I definitely think clutch play matters because in the playoffs, when games have when one game has that much weight to it, whether you win close or not matters. I mean, go back and look at any playoff series that the Magic are in. You could see a lot of games turning, or you see look at any playoff series. A series turns on a single miss or make. Kawhi Leonard hitting that shot against the Sixers. They go to overtime. Sixers probably win that series and the Raptors lose the championship. Clutch play matters in the playoffs. And you've got to have that clutch streak and that clutch stream. You've got to be able to play when the clock is ticking and that deadline is bearing against you. In the regular season, clutch play doesn't really show you anything. But stealing a few wins or a few more wins than expected in close games... That's the difference between finishing 6th and finishing ninth. For teams in the middle, like the top teams, clutch play doesn't matter to the playoffs. It, it, it just doesn't. For the teams in the middle, those clutch moments are the difference between making and missing the playoffs. Those margins are that thin. And if everyone, if, if clutch games, if close games essentially are a 50-50 proposition, being able to win those games matters. The Charlotte Hornets this year finished 6th in the league in clutch situations defined by NBA.com as a game that's within 5 points in the final 5 minutes. The 581 win percentage was 6th in the league. 18 and 13, the 11th most wins in clutch situations in the league this season. More impressively, Charlotte finished the season with a clutch net rating of 21.9 points per 100 possessions, plus 21.9 points per 100 possessions. That was second in the league. This Hornets team was not a team you wanted to face late in games because they were going to pull it out. Terry Rozier made a huge mark as a clutch score. Gordon Hayward, the magic note firsthand from that game in January how clutch Gordon Hayward can be. This was not just an isolated instance. This was not just a singular thing. Charlotte was good at this all year long. I'm not joking about this. This, is, this, is a, this was a real thing. So, why did the Hornets fall out of the playoffs? Why, why did they go from a team that was sitting pretty in sixth to losing on the last day of the season and having to go into that do-or-die game as a 10th seed? It's also because of clutch games, to be perfectly honest. In four of the Hornets' last five games to end the season, which they all lost, they lost by five or fewer points. Five or fewer points. That's that, like literally 15 points, 20 points total. Not even that was the difference between securing your spot in the playoffs and missing it entirely, going into the play-in tournament entirely. So don't. So again, I'll say I don't think clutch play matters, but it matters. 
It's a different, you know, I, I, I will continue to say this. Good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. These are coin flip games. And I'm going to go into the Magic's clutch stats here in a minute. These are coin flip games. You can't figure out what's going to happen. You can't predict what's going to happen. And on even odds, they're going to end up 500 in close games. That's what you expect to end up in close games. It's a coin flip. So if you can steal one, two, three, four, five wins, that's the difference. That's a huge difference. Five games can separate fourth and eighth, can separate 11 and eight. It's a huge, 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 huge difference. So how did the Magic do in clutch situations? Well, first off, the Magic played some of the few some of the fewest clutch clutch games in the entire league. That's what happens when you get blown out. The you know if you if, if clutch games are sort of like a bell curve, the teams at the top avoid them, play a lot of blowouts. The teams at the bottom avoid them, play a lot of blowouts. So the Magic, the Magic certainly did not play as many clutch games, but you can still go back and look at so many clutch moments that the Magic had. Cole, the comeback against Minnesota that ended with Cole Anthony's game winner. The game winner, obviously, like the two big shots that Cole Anthony made against Cleveland and Memphis to win those games. Again, maybe Cleveland, they were they blew that lead, but um, nonetheless. Um, the big shots the Magic made to beat the Golden State Warriors, to beat the Chicago Bulls when they blew that lead in, at home, to beat the, um, beat the Brooklyn Nets, to beat the LA Clippers. All those were clutch situations. All those had clutch minutes that the Magic stepped up and made big plays. And, and those plays are always the most memorable of the season. We'll do our top 10 games of the season coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Those games are going to be on there because of those moments. Orlando this year finished 13-17 and 17 in clutch games. You'd think with the Magic being 21-51... and 51, they would do a lot worse. And in fact, again, you look at that, 13 of their 21 wins came in clutch situations, which again suggests that A, the Magic need to do better at avoiding these games. That's how you build your record up. But also, that the Magic turned out okay. The Magic were never afraid of the big moments. They won a lot of their games because they were, they were put under the screws and they had to win them late. For as terrible as the year was, the Magic were pretty good. The team was actually 11th in the league in net rating in clutch minutes with a plus 1.7 net rating, 1.7 points per 100 possessions, better than their opponents in 97 clutch minutes. That actually suggests the Magic were worse in clutch situations than their, than their stats said they should be. If a zero net rating means you're 500, the Magic should have finished better in clutch situations than they did. This is actually an area where the Magic kind of underperformed and the only set that matters wins and losses. It's not the largest sample size. The Magic's offense was still pretty terrible at 105.7 points for 100 possessions. But the defense tightened up. In clutch situations, the Magic gave up only 104 points per 100 possessions. If you want to know who the Magic really are, put them under pressure. And when they were successful, and honestly in these pressure moments... And I'm not separating the trade deadline here. Their defense stepped up to the plate. And you can think about it. The clip, the block Wendell Carter had against the Clippers. The, play, the, the steal that Chumo Kiki had against the Pelicans in clutch moments. These were all humongous plays 
that help the Magic kind of make these great moments and show who they could really be. So again, what's the lesson here? There's team building lessons from the Charlotte Hornets for sure, but the lesson here is, if you're a team, because I mean, honestly, the Orlando Magic should feel like they can get to where the Charlotte Hornets are next year. They're adding a big rookie. They're going to have some veteran players. They've got a good foundational coach. Why can't the Magic be in the play-in tournament next year? Why can't they? So if there's a lesson to learn from the Charlotte Hornets then, it's the difference that clutch play can make. It's the difference that winning these little battles on the margin can make on a team. That can lead to success or failure in this playoff hunt, in this playoff quest. It's going to be something to watch next year. And the Magic obviously have guys who aren't afraid of those moments. And that's a huge deal. But this is where it all starts. Or this is a big place that the Magic are going to have to continue to be good at and get better at, honestly, if they want to take a step up next year. We'll talk a little bit about the Magic's, uh, about the playing tournament and what happened in Los Angeles coming up here in just a moment. But first... Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA playoffs are getting started. The Stanley Cup playoffs are on track too. So get all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and infos for all your sporting needs, including UFC MMA as well, at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. While you're there, also don't forget to check out our good pals at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And they're all covered in 100% chocolate and the best protein bar that I have ever had. Look, I, I've done Built Bar ads for a while now. They've been a longtime sponsor of the show as well as the Locked On Podcast Network. I, I am not a protein bar person. I, I, I don't do the crazy workouts. I don't feel like I need the protein supplement after a workout. I just don't work out hard enough. But whenever I was, was feeling like get, adventuring into this world, I'd look at these bars and A, they don't taste quite right. They're too granola-y sometimes. And you look at the nutritional facts and they're like 300 calories. They're not supplement bars. They're meal replacement bars. I'm a casual gym person. I, I hop on the bike for 30 minutes a day. I don't need the big boost. I need a little energy kick maybe in the middle of my day or I need a little bit to supplement a workout. I don't need a full meal. And that's why Built Bar has been the best protein bar that I've ever t- I've ever had. It's not just calorie affordable. It's price affordable, but it's also just tastes really, really good. It's a bar that I look forward to eating. It's like, Instead of grabbing the candy bar, I grab the Built Bar. So there's something for everyone, whether it's a cherry bar, a raspberry bar, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, whatever. There's some great flavors out there. If you haven't tried them all, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And best of all, like I said, most of the bars are under 130 calories. All of them are under 200 calories. These are not meal replacement bars. These are snack bars. The perfect supplement to get you through your day, a little protein boost in the middle of the afternoon or after a workout. So order today and go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, 
Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So let's talk a little bit about the play-in tournament. Because obviously last night, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because this podcast has always gone a little longer than I thought it would be, and it's coming out later than I want it to be, but nevertheless. Um, last night, you know, we saw an incredible game between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, obviously, a game of two kind of flawed teams, which are always exciting. I'm excited for Golden State Memphis. I think that's going to be a really fun game. Um, but game a game that delivered... In so many ways, um, we got a Steph Curry. We got uh, the way I was describing it to people is we're getting a free Steph Curry versus LeBron James game with stakes. What more can you ask for? Like literally, what more could you ask for from that game? Um, it, it came down to the wire with LeBron James getting poked in the eye late uh, on on a play on a on a play at the at the rim, and him hitting a ridiculous three pointer over Curry with a minute to play that gave the Lakers a three-point lead. Um, you know, again, the Warriors raced out ahead um, and, and and the Lakers had to scratch and claw their way back. And, you know, so for a low-scoring game, we got a LeBron triple-double. We got a Steph Curry 30-point game. It was everything we could ask for. Uh, and, and literally, you know, I was sitting there watching it, both the San Antonio Memphis game and that game between the uh, between the the Lakers and the Warriors, and, and frankly, Jason Tatum's 50-point game with, and for the Celtics against the Wizards, this was exactly what the play-in tournament was supposed to deliver. There have been a lot of people who've been skeptical of this play-in tournament idea. Um, and, and sure, the traditionalists, I get it. It's, it's something new. It's a gimmick. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But this play-in tournament idea was supposed to accomplish two goals. At, at the end of the day, it was meant to accomplish two goals. The first is, yes, more the high-stakes NBA games for TV. This stuff is made for TV. It is made to make the television partners happy, which is where the league gets the majority of its money. The ratings for even Tuesday's games, but with the Eastern Conference on TNT, raked in ratings they have not seen since the beginning of the season, since the initial excitement at the beginning of the season. This is like a second opening day. Considering how bad or how much of blowouts those two games were, and, and the Wizards-Celtics game was a lot better, but they delivered to the television partners exactly what they wanted. And, you know, I'm recording this here at about 1 o'clock on, on Thursday. I am sure we will see the television ratings for Lakers-Warriors be bigger and better than anything we've seen in the league since probably Christmas, since the opening day of the season. That's that's the reality. That's the reality of this. This is this was made for TV, and we got made for TV drama. We've got elimination games for for NBA teams, which those, these guys are prideful and competitive. They do not want to go home for the most part. It delivered on everything. You know, people were joking that you know the San Antonio Spurs have a bunch of guys who, if they were playing in LA, would have Colts for them, like Keldon Johnson, like Dejounte Murray. The national audience got to see those guys in major minutes. And, and even a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, like I was having discussed, like people were saying as Jonas Valanciunas was dominating that game, you know, how underrated is Jonas Valanciunas? And I just kept thinking to myself, man, I remember back in the day we used to debate who was better between jo- Jonas Valanciunas and Nikola Vucevic. And those, and honestly, those debates seem moot now 
because both are really good. Vooch is still better. Just, 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 just hold off there. Both players have just evolved beyond what we thought they could be. And these are playoff games, essentially. And they bring out the best of these players. That's what elimination games do. So yes, these are made for TV. But the other thing these games were meant to do was to make the season more competitive. Uh, a friend of mine made an argument that that one that the playing tournament was bad because it took away elimination games from the Warriors Grizzlies, which was which would have been an elimination game, or Wizards Hornets, which would have been an elimination game, uh, from the final day of the regular season. But the odds of those one-time play-in games at the end of the season are exceedingly rare. Instead, what we got was throughout the league multiple games that had significant meaning. Magic Sixers was actually one of the few games that had no playoff stakes whatsoever. I think it was 13 of the final of the 15 games on the final day of the season had some bearing on playoff positioning or play-in tournament positioning. That's what the NBA wants. The NBA wanted this play-in tournament to keep interest in the regular season longer into the season. To prevent tanking. There are essentially, what, five teams tanking? Everyone else was playing for something. And you can even hear from Jeff Weltman. He said, you know, if we hadn't faced the injuries, we might have had a shot still at the playing tournament with the talent that we had on the team and the way we were playing. That might be a little delusional. Like I told everyone after the Magic won those two games, teams will catch up when they get some tape on this group, which definitely happened. But... I'm not going to blame the guy for believing. I'm an optimist. Believe. So the playing tournament to me through two days has been a smashing success. Yes, in the Western Conference it is better because they have better teams. The Charlotte Hornets, the Indiana Pacers, and maybe even the Washington Wizards probably wouldn't be playoff teams if they were in the West. And, you know, Memphis was right on the outside. San Antonio is a really solid team, and we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow about them and what the Magic can learn from them, but these are still really good teams. They're still playing for something, and the basketball was really entertaining. So, I think the play in tournament's going to continue. I think it's good for the league. I think it's good for the Magic, especially as a young team growing up. The potential to have more meaningful games, pressure games, late in the season. I think that stuff is good. I think Memphis learned some lessons from their play-in tournament experience last year. And I think they're going to come out on fire and ready to play Friday against the Golden State Warriors with a second shot in, in San Francisco to make the playoffs. We'll see if the league decides to keep it around. I have a feeling they absolutely will. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I'm sorry for coming out a little bit later than I anticipated. Uh, um, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Himalaya, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Dean. Of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Don't forget to check out the Locked on Today podcast today on Locked on Today. Steph Curry wasn't enough for the Warriors against the Lakers. Find out what you'll have to do to overcome the Memphis Grizzlies and maybe even the Utah Jazz beyond them. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. 
That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Prosper. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.